I literally, I've had the flu like the past couple of days, so I'm just so out of it, trying to push through. No. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's, mm, damn it. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts. Paris over Taylor, and with me, riding into town on a noble steed, is my friend and co-host David William Rogers. Hello. Where do white women at? <laughs> right here, baby. Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> uh, what's up? What's up with you? So, episode number sixty-nine. Some nice. would say that's a good number to have. <laughs> Some would say it's actually a really difficult number to pull off in reality. Uh, yeah, I gotta be flexible. Gotta be so flexible, gotta be kind of light. Nobody wants to be suffocating on anybody's arms. Do you know that? <laughs> do you know to what I'm referring with this movie? On, on somebody's arms? Yes, in this film, which we are about to discuss, oh. one joke that got cut, the one joke was, I'm sorry to tell you, ma'am, but you are sucking on my arm. <laughs> It'll all be revealed very oh, shortly. Yeah. David, it's just the two of us tonight, which is sometimes nice because mm-hmm. we get to like get into the film situation. Um, what is the film, David William Rogers, that we are doing? The film we are doing is Blazing Saddles, 1974, directed by Mel Brooks. And the writing credits go to Mel Brooks, Norman Steinberg, Andrew Bergman, Richard Pryor, and Alan Ugger. And I believe it is your turn to do yeah. this. Also, I just want to say Mel Brooks, David, so sweetly, I think it was for Christmas, bought me the Mel Brooks mm-hmm. autobiography, which I am still working my way through. For some reason, I find it harder to like steam through nonfiction books but I am actually really enjoying I'm sort of giving myself like a chapter or two a day and that is one of the reasons that we chose this movie was because all of his films have been so top of mind but yes that's just a sidebar you're a generous friend is what I'm saying thank you you. thank you so much (laughs) so David what is for people like me who had never seen this film before we decided to watch it what is Blazing Saddles about okay so you got your heavy, as they would call it, the bad guy, Hadley Lamar. He's trying to um, reroute this railroad, or they have to reroute this railroad through this town. And if they get all the people off that town, he knows it's going to be worth millions of dollars because the railroad has to go through that land, right? So he's trying to think of a plot to get the people out of there so he can get that land and then make money off it when the railroad goes through it. So um, we start on... The Clavon Little, whose uh, character is played Bart, and he's working on the railroad. He gets in trouble. He hits one of the guys that's uh, like overseeing the railroad in the head, and he's about to be hanged. But then Hedley Lamar says, all right, I'm going to make you sheriff of this new town because then all the people in that town are going to leave once they see an African-American sheriff. And he thinks he's the smartest guy. This plan's going to work. But um, Bart gets there, and... <laughs> There's a lot of N-words thrown around mm-hmm. because this town is just all white people. A and lot. And by a, a lot, lot, he cannot underemphasize <laughs> how many times the N-word is used in this film. It's like 38 times. <laughs> so I looked it up. So <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of times in a 90-minute movie. A lot of times. Movie. A lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure out the... Uh, you know, per minute or per second or whatever. But um, so, yeah, so he goes there. He's dealt with 
or he's met with a lot of like animosity that townspeople don't really want it, but they did want a new sheriff because the town was getting so bad with crime. Um, he like kind of backs off and he goes into the jail cell. He meets Gene Wilder's character, Jim. They start to bond. And then as the town's getting worse and worse, they actually start going to, to Clayvon Little's character, Bart, to like help out, right? This one guy, Mongo, comes, starts terrorizing the town. He, uh, Clayvon Little, Bart's character, tricks him gets him out of the town basically and then this little old lady buys him a pie or makes him a pie and he's like sorry for calling you the n-word and then she like knocks again she's like please don't tell anybody that i made you this right so there's a lot of like underlying i wouldn't say i want to say like racism but just i would i would say well because yeah. that's not what mel brooks was trying to do right he right. was saying that this this hero this character um like at that time um how like black people are, could potentially be perceived right. in some of these in some of these movies and some of these um, TV shows stuff like that. So he he knew that going in, right? So um, Bart's character gets more and more um, you know support from the town, and then they end up having this big scene at the end where all these cowboys are getting hired by Headley Lamar to like run the townspeople out. They build a whole fake town, which is hilarious, and they like trick them. It's kind of like a Bugs Bunny or like uh, Roadrunner kind of yeah. movie, and they even Mel Brooks talks a little bit about that in his um, in his autobiography. Which and I, they trick, which I am yeah. reading, and they, as I mentioned, <laughs> and they trick all these uh, trick all these cowboys, um, and they blow them up, and then they have this huge fight scene. And that huge fight scene, they pan back and they go over to the left, and it's Hollywood like soundstage, <laughs> and then they go into this this other soundstage where. Um, I think Dom DeLuise is directing like this, like show tunes kind of yeah. stage and they, the Cowboys and people bust into there, they start fighting with those people. And then they bust into the commissary where like, you know, actors get lunch and directors get lunch, start fighting with those people. And it, and then they end up at like the Chinese theater watching at to see what happened. Yeah, exactly. At their own premiere, very on brand for Mel Brooks. Um, a lot of really funny parts, but then there are some parts it's like, wow, like you were really, really throwing the N-word in there. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's interesting. So a couple things I want to point out about this film, because I had never seen it before. Um, when I watched it, if you watch it on HBO Max, for those in America or places that have HBO Max, there is a disclaimer at the top of the film. Someone from Turner Movie Classics, this woman of color, which I was like, oh, that was such a deliberate like choice. I yeah, I saw to have her there. And she talks for like a good five minutes about the context of the film, which is it was shot in the 1970s and also she really reiterates that mel brooks deliberately wanted to do a spoof on a western and mm -hmm. to sort of highlight racism like he's not when you read mel brooks's book you come to realize that he's he was pretty progressive for his time um you know there's certain things that i still raise an eyebrow at which i want to talk to you about david but like you know the lack of women comedy writers that he that he really hired, but like, you know, how he like loved his secretary. And it's like, did she want to be a writer? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think people need to understand at the top that there are a lot of racist things in here, but I think a lot of them were also a deliberate choice from Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yep. So he wanted to kind of put that out there. Yeah. To put it under like a I microscope. And Richard Pryor was a, a writer. a writer, a screenwriter. And he was a, he was originally supposed to have the lead role of Bart, 
but um, yeah. he the studio. Had, they said no. He had a reputation for being what a drunk. Uh, no, he had some drug charges and some uh. arrests, and the and the studio didn't want him to to be a part of it. Um, and I I re-listened to the Blazing Saddles chapter today on that autobiography, and mm-hmm. she, he talks about how the executive was like, "All right, here's the changes we got to make. Um, you can't do the um, scene the fart where the uh, yeah he didn't want the fart scene. He didn't want um, the N word being used. He didn't want the horse punching." It's yeah. like he can't punch horses. He didn't want the Madeline Kahn scene yeah. uh, when she was dancing around. And then Mel Brooks like crumpled it up and threw that away. Well, he said yes. He was like, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you always say yes to the executives. And then <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do what they say. He's like, we'd have the shortest movie in history yeah. if that was the also, case. Also, I was just uh, yeah, I was just reading online that like they did a screening for the executives and not a single one of them laughed like the first time around. And so Mel Brooks was like shitting himself, like literally, Mm -hmm. you know, sweating. And then they showed it to like more working class type people that worked at the studio and they laughed hysterically. So (laughs) maybe, I mean, I'm what, what I will say about Mel Brooks from like what I'm learning about him is that he knew comedy of the time. Like I watch it right now and I was even watching it right before we were, Uh, doing the podcast I was just like refreshing myself on the opening and every joke I'm I'm just like calling it out I'm like that's such boomer humor that's the only Mm -hmm. way I can describe it like there is a scene in the film where the governor played by Mel Brooks is you know he's cross-eyed and he's at the table and (laughs) there's a naked or semi-naked woman there in like a basically like a bra and underwear right and he keeps like rubbing his face in her tits and, <laughs> and he's like blah, 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 like ah it's been a hard day boys and he's like talking yeah. about boobs and scott my partner was like this is my dad's favorite movie and i was like of course it is <laughs> you yeah. know unironically and he, it's just like gov on the, yeah. on the back and of his suit gov. but scott was like he always laughs so hard at the boob stuff and it's just boomer humor like it's just mm-hmm. slapsticky you know, by today's standard, like a movie like this would never get made today. There's no, no way. This, There's this wouldn't no get greenlit. Way yeah. in hell. But okay, so the thing that stuck out to me the most as being aged was the constant rape jokes. I was yeah. like, no, I think we could take these out and it would still be really <laughs> funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that like four or five times, especially like with the bad guys. It's like, oh, that's my favorite thing to do is, yeah. is to. Yeah, rape and pillage. I feel like rape jokes have become pretty taboo. Uh, I mean, I know there are still comedians that do them. I personally mm. always like shut down whenever, like you and I went to a comedy show on New Year's Eve and like any kinds of jokes about like pedophilia or rape, like those are triggers for me. Like I have people in my family history who've experienced things like that and I just don't find it funny. Yeah. Um, and it's, but that's individual, you know, like there are some people who think making jokes about like homosexuality is really funny i mean you and i are both big allies and we always call out in movies like if somebody yeah. uses the f word to describe and something. they did a couple of times in this yeah. movie as well but like some of those jokes you get the people that laugh because it's like so fucked up it's yeah. shocking yeah. and then you're like oh my god and some like, people that do kind love of laugh. that fucked up humor and i yeah. there is a place i think for that shock mm-hmm. humor i think the rape thing in this movie as much as it shocked me they don't like do anything violent. It's just like a bad throwaway joke. The thing that also, I mean, obviously we sort of touched on the racial stuff, which I want to come back to. And I want to specifically talk about the message in the film, but there is one other part that I have to call out immediately, which is brown face. Mel Brooks 
playing a Native American. Mm-hmm. I just like, I wonder if he looks back on that and cringes. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because probably at that time, for sure, I, I guarantee there wasn't a lot of Native American voices. No um, way. Or other, other people speaking out to that. And then when they showed, Helen Lamar was getting all the criminals together, they showed some people of like Middle Eastern yeah. um, or Indian um, descent, like from India. Yeah. And those are, those are played by like white characters yeah. or white actors. Yeah, there was a lot of like so. face. I don't know what you call a collective, like brown face, yellow face, Mm -hmm. like all of that. But I do want to back up and talk about this film as a message about racism, because you touched on it in the synopsis. Essentially, at its core, this movie is about a racist town accepting someone from a different background, right? Like, Mm -hmm. And the struggles of this person coming from the outside in. I think this is also a message, like a, a story about like, corruption and and corporate greed over like the average person which is always fascinating to me as someone that's like yeah let's all burn the system of the nine to five work week down but yeah i wanted to ask you like re-watching it because i know you do like mel brooks's films and you are mm-hmm. a big fan of this movie did that racial especially like post black lives matter did that message of acceptance and racism like feel more strong to you because i felt like it was so clear it does a little bit like this isn't probably one of my top three Mel Brooks movies. What are your right? top three Mel Brooks movies? <clears throat> I'd probably say it's Spaceballs, um, maybe Young Frankenstein. Oh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh my god, yeah. Like, yeah, he's got he's got a bunch, and I've I've liked this movie. I've laughed at it, like certain scenes. But as far as like his other movies, I enjoy them so much better this was than his Blazing Saddles. First movie, right? No, he did the producers. That's right, he did the producers. Um, which he won Oscars. No, wait, for. actually, and he also did Twelve Chairs, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah. so this was his third movie, but I think third movie, reading yeah. his book, like this was commercially, this was his biggest, yeah. probably movie, and yeah. and he had a lot more like pressure, I think, on this to be successful because mm-hmm. it wasn't his script. He mm-hmm. said he only liked to do things that he wrote, um, and he got this script and kind, of, you know obviously rewrote it with other people it wasn't one of the top movies for me but yeah i do kind of get that it's just like so kind of cringe in a lot of areas yeah that it's like kind of if i'm in kind of a mindset where i'm not just laugh at everything mm-hmm. i really just fixate on like you don't need that you yeah. don't need that you don't need that right yeah so it's that kind of stuff stuck out to me like one of the last times i watched it and I, well, the reason I was asking is because I feel like once I, on the second viewing, the first viewing, I was kind of like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, I think that's kind of my initial reaction for a lot of <laughs> Mel Brooks movies, like Spaceballs, for example. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? You know, and especially when it goes off the rails, as yeah. all of them do, where it, like yeah. they break the fourth wall or whatever. And that's what I love. Which you love that stuff. But yeah. I'm always like, what is happening right now? You know, like <laughs> I'm just going? lost, especially being a, com- a comedy fan. And I feel like loving TV shows that are strict comedy, like, you know, Righteous Gemstones. And then you've got like, you've got like your parks and recreation that they, that's part of the game is they break the fourth wall. Mel Brooks is like, I don't have any rules. I make my movies. I do both. Yeah. I do whatever In I his want. book, he's like, yeah, you could, some directors say they broke the fourth wall. He's like, in Blazing Saddles, I would say we shattered it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. 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 It's also so. just so random when they do it. Like there's a, <laughs> there's this early on scene where the like uh, governor general, like the assistant to the gen, the governor is like staring into space and you think he's staring into space. And then he's like, why am I asking you? And then you like realize he's <laughs> like, it's just, 
yeah, yeah Mel, I love that. Mel doesn't really... And the, the space, that everything could be a joke. Like, yeah. the distance between two characters can be funny. Um, you know, just a look. Um, saying, yeah, like you said, looking off in the distance or something like that. Question. And the acting, I think in this was great yeah. like gene wilder wasn't supposed to be in this movie no he had to come in because the original guy was yeah. actually a drunk he was a drunk and he was he was sev- yeah he was severely ill from uh withdrawal and then gene came the next day and started shooting gene wilder is so he was great able in this to movie. jump in that fr- yeah. that friendship and then going back to what i was saying like so the first time i watched it i was like what the fuck is this movie and the second time i watched it And especially, I think, reading Mel's book, like without the context of knowing that he's actually seems like a pretty decent guy and was actually trying to like change a lot of things and like, you know, make cinema and whatever. I was like, okay, the message that he's trying to say is pretty relevant, like about racism and stuff. But I do agree with you that he could have easily made that same movie without the N-word, you know, just like the racist cowboys. Like even that many times, even the first joke is like extremely racist well i mean it's it's very like leaning into stereotypes where there's the cowboys come along the the railroad and they're like how about a song you guys loved singing when you were slaves and it's like ooh, but like a joke like that would still be so punchy without the use of the n-word you know Mm -hmm. and then you could also do like the drop audio or you know he's a Mm -hmm. when that slack jaw guy's watching him coming to town and then some another noise pops up yeah and so you can't hear the N-word, but you know, like, he was about to say it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think at that time, and we talk about this a lot, was it, it was more acceptable. There wasn't a lot of black voices mm-hmm. in power to, like, speak against that and be like, hey, that's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. You can do this a different way. Yeah. And then, you know, who, I wonder, like, if Richard Pryor was uncomfortable in some of those writing rooms when they're yeah. pitching that stuff. And if, if he was just like, yeah. Like, yeah, I guess you can go with that. Yeah, or like or, it's or, when people make, you know, make jokes at their own expense, even though because mm-hmm. they want to fit in or whatever. I mean, we weren't there, but does it make you feel uncomfortable as a black man? Hearing all that? Yeah. In the it's, it's just like, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable because I know Mel Brooks and I know he's not, he doesn't have like a hateful bone in his body, but it's just like, all right jarring it's not even no not not even jarring it's just like okay right (laughs) like no like effect on me it's just you don't need it yeah i found that's kind of where i'm at i find it jarring and shocking and actually i was just reading some stuff online and mel brooks said he got a lot of mail like hate mail about this movie when it came out about the use of the n-word and most Mm. of it was from white people and i was like okay well (laughs) don't know why but I just thought that was interesting that he or someone that is associated with the film has put that trivia like on IMDb. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that is interesting. Just makes people uncomfortable in general. Um, yeah. Also, Mongo. Let's talk about Mongo. Yeah, he's a former NFL football player. Oh, the actor. Very cool. I feel like there was some punching down going on with that character because he's portrayed as someone with, you know, like a slower mental capacity mm-hmm. or. And also the the word mongoloid is Mongolians. No, is it, that where it comes well, from? Well, no, mongoloid is like a very negative term for someone I believe with Down syndrome. Let me Google it really quickly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's an offensive. Even when I type it into Google, it says offensive and outdated, relating to the broad division of humankind, including 
oh, it's including the indigenous peoples of East Asia, Southeast Asia, and Arctic. Yeah, Asia. I think uh, oh, okay. Mo Mongoloids, um, the Mongols tribe. Got right? it. Okay, yeah. I was wrong. Mongolians. So I think it's like just that. So it's kind of another racist word, like the N word, or, mm -hmm. or they called Chinese people the C word, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. In like, the first, in the yeah, first two minutes. Seconds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I for some reason I think it's an Australian thing. It was an, a very offensive term that kids used to like basically be like instead of calling someone R, like the R R word. Yeah. Um. So I, that's what I thought it was related to. But either way, it's it's too close to the word to an offensive word to be an accident. His name. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they have him be this, like, stupid sort of grunt guy that they beat the shit out of as they approach him. Just like, hey, yeah. it's me, it's me. Do you want a cigar? And then they send him into town to kill Bart, the black the black sheriff. And then he yeah. ends up getting becoming friends with them and staying. So. And he's like, uh, what does he say? Mongo is just a pawn <laughs> in the game of life. Yeah. <laughs> like a really deep thought. I thought that was funny just yeah. because who he, who he is supposed to be playing. Yeah. And he has, like, a deep thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's uh, there's a lot of things in this film, I think, that are really funny. Like, I love that Mel Brooks does a lot of sight gags. One in particular is, like, the door when we first meet the governor general or whatever. It just literally says exactly what he does. It's, like, assistant to the governor and procurer <laughs> of land. It's like, okay, thanks. Yeah. We got it. We got it. Yeah, and just, like, a lot of, like, silly sight gag type things. But also... Like the the toll booth for the, toll the criminals booth. to get yeah that like, was set silly them up that way. yeah and then also just yeah the, like little nods to the audience like everyone in town is called Johnson that's their last mm -hmm. name so it's like thank you Gabby Johnson thank you Olin <laughs> Johnson like just silly stuff like that but yeah, yeah. and then um, I don't know if you got to this part in the book yet but there's that gag with like Hedley Lamar and he's laying down in front of the like, Chinese theater and he's in the cement and then it's like written out Hedley Lamar, you know? Yeah. Like when you get like um, celebrities oh, get, get their walk of fame. Yeah. yeah. And so what Mel Brooks did was when he got his, he had the people from The Walking Dead make him a sixth finger. That's right. Yeah. And then he put his hands in the cement. So he's got one of them has six fingers on it, which I think is just We got to walk amazing. up there and check it Mel out. That's, Brooks. What, that's where our gym yeah. is. We go to the same gym. Yeah. Uh, we got to go check that that's out. So funny that he that he do that. Yeah. It's so weird, though, the ending. I literally was like, again, anytime, I, like, there's a scene in Spaceballs. We did Spaceballs in one of the episodes where they, like, watch themselves on a screen. And I would have to go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> but I remember just being like, what the fuck? Like, why? Yeah. And then with this one, like, with them going into the movie theater to watch themselves and, like, pulling out of the lot, you know, like, it's all just so... <laughs> silly I love, I <laughs> you love, love it, it. i know that's got you got so much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so silly it's just like they didn't know how to do the ends <laughs> they just were like yeah they're like oh let's make it close to or sh real life as possible yeah. right real hollywood Ridiculous let's just throw man. this in there yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, I wonder if Mel Brooks is prolific enough now with his like spoof comedies that the, there's like a Mel Brooks, you know, style because he talks in his book about how he loved Alfred Hitch Alfred Hitchcock, right? And then so mm -hmm. he did kind of like a send up of that. I think it's yeah. is it High Anxiety? High Anxiety, yeah. Which I haven't seen as well, but I feel like I'm gonna go on a Mel Brooks like movie kick after this just because I've read like I've never seen Young Frankenstein, like I definitely mm -hmm. need to see that. But yeah, I wonder if. And Gene Wilder pitched um, the 
pitch that on set of that's right yeah. yeah yeah and it's so funny like when you read mel brooks's book to find out like how many people he was connected to it just kind of makes me feel like with my friends right now in the industry and with hollywood that we're all coming up together like mm-hmm. was it it was um who was it that like lived down the street from him and was in the graduate? Oh my God. He's so famous. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman was like lived kind of down the street. He was like kind of a wonder boy actor, but like hadn't really done anything. And Mel Brooks became friends with him and his wife, Anne Bancroft became friends with him. And then like, he was supposed to be in one of Mel's Mel Brooks's movies. And then he was like, I got to go to Hollywood. I got an audition. And then that was the, you got the graduate. graduate. Yeah. You want to know a crazy story about that? <clears throat> so Dustin Hoffman, goes in there, I think, with like his agent for the audition. And he was a little bit older than other people they were bringing in. And Dustin Hoffman was uh, a Broadway actor at the time. And That's right. That's how we met Anne, because she was on yeah. Broadway. Yeah. And then, so he's doing the, he walks into the audition. And then the guy who he's supposed to audition for was like, all right, yeah, you can just finish cleaning up. And then, you know, can you get out of here? So Dustin Hoffman like pulls a rag out or something like that, and he starts acting like he's cleaning the office before, and he's the and he, he's the guy that they brought in, and then like the guy who his agent or whatever, um, somebody at the studio like lets him do it for a couple of minutes, and he's like, all right, Dustin, that's enough, and then he's like, this is Dustin Hoffman, this is the guy we're bringing in to audition for the graduate, <laughs> and the guy just like fell out. Loved it because just that quick, he was so like spontaneous. He just like went with the direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Mel Brooks is like book and just like his whole career kind of inspires me as a as an up and coming creative type person who, you know, feels like they're never going to get their break and that her friends are like, everybody's kind of like doing different stuff. And some people are like getting more successful and some people are not. It's just crazy like the the random fluke things that can happen you know the way he became friends with gene wilder the way he you know got that one writing job on the thing and then that variety show wrote with those guys for years like bring them in and out you know the friends he made it just goes to show you i mean for anyone listening that's not in in hollywood not in the industry like a part of it is just being in it because the people that you meet you know when you when you make the leap yeah. yeah, just fascinating. Just being ready for it. And he just was constantly pursuing what he was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And putting and himself in every movie. Exactly. Much, and he, and he made it work. Kind of makes me roll my eyes. Like every time I spot him in his own movie, I'm just kind of like, okay. You know? <laughs> like he couldn't let a movie go by without just yeah. jumping in. I love like, like that governor was hilarious. The doofus, he's cross-eyed. And then when he played uh, yogurt and space balls. Yeah. He's in, yeah. I, I, and he I gave himself it's... a lot of parts in the history of the world part one i'm just definitely gonna have to go check that movie out um i think he did not act in young frankenstein i think that was gene's request okay he did not have a part so he could just focus on directing yeah because also that's a black and white film right yeah which they had to push for yeah because they didn't they didn't want it to be no i'm the studio this... didn't want it yeah no and then, then he did a silent film shortly thereafter the next film yeah so you just was attacking doing spoofs on every single aspect of Hollywood. He was basically like the early, you know, adopter of like the scary movie type. Mm -hmm. Well, you could say that he influenced Mm -hmm. all all those people and yeah, like scary movie did it. Well, Mel Brooks did it. Well, these spoofs aren't that easy to do, right? They're super hard to come off, not just be like super corny, cheesy, 
and where people just like kind of fall out of it. But when you can actually, the timing of all the jokes are hitting yeah. and the subject matter and is funny. And you need to know the, the genre inside and out, like mm-hmm. whatever you're spoofing. So I think that comes through a little bit in Blazing Saddles. It's like he definitely was a fan of Westerns, yeah. but he was like, and he obviously did his research, but he was like, I got to make... Uh, fun of these guys <laughs> but yeah it's it's a it's a hilarious film in some ways i mean in some ways it does feel very very dated i don't think anybody is watching this movie and being like this is so relevant for today i mean yeah maybe it is but you know because westerns aren't really that popular anymore no. right right now anyways i mean they had the harder they fall right with yeah but it's like westerns right now are sprinkled in it's mm-hmm. not like every you know, every year there's multiple Westerns being made. Yeah. Right? It's definitely a genre that I feel like... It's been done people, a lot. And also people either love it or they hate it. And you have to remember, too, that things are so cycladic in nature. So maybe we will get, like, a, a crop more of Westerns. And, and I always think as well, like, what's the message behind the film? Like, what is mm-hmm. it about Westerns that was so appealing back in the day? It was kind of like... You know, I think if you look back at the Westerns, I mean, they, they are all through film history, but it's like, you know, good overcoming evil. That's a big theme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the little guy overcoming corporations. Usually it's like oil or in this case, railroad or something like that. Um, and it's like the the heartbeat of the strong American, I don't know, pioneer type vibe. Right. Yeah. Yep. So and that makes sense. But I'm just wondering with people like the farther and farther we get away from that time period mm-hmm. are people just going to use those kind of narratives going up against big corporations just doing it more updated storyline yeah. instead of putting it like in a western story you know what i mean yeah i mean i think look at like you know middle ages or um you know knights of the round table type mm-hmm. stories those are crop up every now and then true you know, that has yeah. its own thing and we're getting further and further away from that by hundreds of years so i don't know i think i think as people kind of flock more to cities and we see rural towns dying we'll probably get more you know interesting westerns because and it's always a back and forth like so many people Mm -hmm. left la to go live in more affordable places you know so i don't know we'll see i think it's kind of a timeless story i i'm not always a huge western fan but i think you know no country for old men is one of like the best fantastic films ever. Have, you ever, have you ever seen tombstone i haven't seen Tombstone. that's like one of my top five movies really okay. yeah fantastic yeah and, and that's the thing like a good and i would consider like no country for old men like a western right like um yeah. i mean that's that's probably like in the 2000s era, though, because that's like with Coke dealers, right? Yeah. And then he steals that money. So but it's I, not like an old Western. But no, yeah, it's that's not like a, you're too, That's a Western. But then you see like we're updating the... Mm-hmm. We're, we're changing it. Like, I don't know how this would work, but maybe there is a world in which a Western like happens like in a city or, a, you know, a post-apocalyptic Western that's like, you know, I think these ideas are, are translatable. But yeah, I... I think it's very Sounds clear. like you're coming up with an idea. Just pitching. No one steal my <laughs> shit. But, you know, I, I, again, like I do think I wouldn't be able to write anything like that right now because I don't know the genre inside and out. But mm-hmm. Mel Brooks clearly did when he made this film. Yeah. So was there anything else that really stuck out to you? As, um, as far as sticking out, I, th- I thought Hadley Lamar's character was great. Mm-hmm. Just him being a bad guy was, was awful. Yeah, this also spawned a TV series called Black Bart. 
Um, but Which is it never what they got, wanted to call it, actually. Yeah, it never got picked up. The movie, uh, the first name was like... Tex was X it called? or something. Yeah, Tex X, an homage to Malcolm X. Yeah, which is very timely. Yeah, that doesn't. That it's not as good as uh, Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, no, oh, this is what I was going to say. So, mm. um, in 2000, the uh, AFI, American Film Institute, ranked Blazing Saddles number six on its all-time mm. um, 100 funniest movies. Wow. And then uh, your boy. Um, gave it like a, a four stars. Um, Roger Ebert. Yeah, which is like his highest, right? Because he's so... Yeah. He's so, like, he does his own thing. He's like, no, it's out of four stars. And this is four. <laughs> <laughs> like, most people do like five or ten. Roger's like, no, nah, four. Yeah, I mean, again, things that we always talk about. Not so many female characters. There were, obviously, was Lily von Stupp, who we didn't even really talk about. This, like, sexy prostitute that auditioned and Mel Brooks tells the story in his book where he was like, lift your skirt. And she's like, Oh, it's going to be one of those types of movies. Yeah. Isn't it? But he just wanted to see that she had, you know, great legs to sort of because make fun that of. scene, yeah. she spins the chair and then puts her legs over. But it's, it, like, it's, a, it's it, it makes fun of like older or it's mm-hmm. like, you know, an homage to whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously the overt racism, which was kind of the point of the film didn't need the N word, didn't need the C word, didn't need, you know, the brown face mm-hmm. and the, rape jokes and the over-sexualization of women and i mean i will give it props though like they cast a man of color in like the leading role but he was one of the only men with a lot of lines i think he had the one friend guy but yeah yeah uh so not a whole lot of diversity no not too much but really well David, we're going to yeah. keep this one short because you are suffering from a cold. Yeah, and I you're need to heal up. And you're, you know, couldn't find your charger. But that's okay because we love a short episode. This is like mm-hmm. a half pint of milk. But <laughs> if you were going to shout out someone from the cast or crew, who would you say a little hello I to? went with Sam Gordon from the art department. So I feel like he mm-hmm. had some stuff to do with building that fake fake town and yeah there's a lot of props in this movie so i thought that was fantastic he's known for west side story close encounters of the third kind fiddler on the roof and the magnificent magnificent seven um got 69 credits from the art department this is our 69th episode look at that and uh so yeah sam gordon we see you and we appreciate you we see you and we appreciate you okay i never shout out actors as you know really because i'm always like it takes so many more people to make the film but i do want to give a shout out today to gene wilder because he stepped into this film last minute um and also we lost him in 2016 he was 83 and he you know, was behind a lot of the roles that I personally loved. Like I always think of him as Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. There's no way for me to not think of him as that, but he had quite the career, you know, he was in the scarecrow. He was in rhinoceros blazing saddles, Thursday's game, the little prince, young Frankenstein. I mean, he worked pretty consistently up until 2003. Um, so he would have been like 70 something at that point. Um, and I just, yeah, I think he's an iconic actor and I think, it's great to step in last minute to help your friends. We we appreciate that. So, Definitely. Gene, we see you and we, we appreciate you. See you and we appreciate you, Gene. Rest in peace, my guy. RIP, my friend. What do you think, David? Did this movie aged like milk? So, it's tough for me because I am very very high on Mel Brooks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for this movie, I'm going to say it did age a little bit because mm-hmm. 
This is what we do on this podcast. We mm-hmm. see if things hold up. Now, the whole overarching um, like storyline, narrative of this movie, love it. I think there's a ton of funny parts. Um, but, yeah, just the, the use of the N-word is just like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you don't need it. You don't no. need the F-word. You don't need the C-word. So a lot of that different stuff um, was unnecessary in, to make a film today that would still hold up um to be as good as this movie is can be could be right so with those couple little tweaks um this wouldn't have aged at all for me but i still consider this a classic and there's a there's a lot of quotables in this movie and and yeah i just love mel brooks i know i love Mel Brooks too but i have to agree with you i think this movie did age like milk quite a bit i see it's like, you know how sometimes we say like, oh, it's still fresh, but it's got some like aged bits in it. I feel like this is aged with some like fresh bits in it, kind of, <laughs> you know, like it didn't need the N-word, didn't need all the things we mentioned before. I do see that Mel Brooks is like, you know, in some ways a trailblazer for comedy. And I do respect everything that he did um, in his career. And he's an old man now. We still have him, which is great. But I think for me, this movie was too many eyebrows raised. And listen, you got to ask yourself, if you need to have someone come in from the Turner movie classic and give you a five minute spiel <laughs> about why this is not racist or like yeah. what the context is, you might be venturing into something you, that's you, a little problematic. You might be doing too much. I was thinking that watching her, I was like, damn, you really signed up for this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she believes it, good for her. I mean, there yeah, are probably true. so many people that would be like, I stand behind this movie 100%. It was groundbreaking at its time. I think you and I watch enough movies now that we're just like, we don't need it. I just wonder if she'd agree with us saying like, yeah, you could have went without using the N-word that many times or at all. And still, this would have held up. Yeah. I think it's just, I think also maybe, you know, we feel kind of different in this post Black Lives Matter movement world where like things still haven't changed and like, yeah, it was so groundbreaking that it made this movie, but like, is it better for black people now? Like, because you made that movie and you use the N-word so many times or is Mm -hmm. it are people still fucking discriminated against because of the color of their skin? Yeah. You tell me. But you know? to your point, you said a lot of a lot of white people mm-hmm. wrote him nasty letters saying they didn't like the Yeah, maybe it woke some N-word. people up. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me on this oh, podcast thank that, you is, as well. that is also yours. Mm, um, thank you. 69 episodes. If you're listening to this and you were thinking about 69ing with someone, you should do it. This is your sign. Do try it. it. Just try it once. You could do it sideways, so like both you're on your side. Ah, so that's you a good really. Fix. So, yeah, and then if your neck starts to get cramping, just flip to the other side. Do a little pancake <laughs> action and 69 over on the other side. I'm but, having way too many visual uh, visualizations right now in my mind and I need to go scrub them with a broom. But David, I do adore you. I hope that you feel better soon. Um, Thanks for constantly exposing me to things that you love. I also love Mel Brooks now because of you. I will go and watch some of his movies. But for now, everybody should check out socials. If you want to be a guest, email us. Hopefully your industry. Agelikemilkpodcast at gmail.com. But David, you should just go ahead and check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. It's gross milk. It's gross. That's our show, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye now. Yeah, bye.